Convention season is in full swing, and planning for faster, efficient hydration is essential to survive any con. Liquid IV has you covered while you travel, power through in any cosplay, and recover after the long weekend. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. As someone who has postural tachycardia syndrome, I'm insanely desperate for electrolytes in my day-to-day already. That alone made Liquid IV a staple in my purse no matter where I go. Convention days are no different with how few and far between hydration breaks can be. Not only is Liquid IV made with premium ingredients, but each stick contains five essential vitamins to keep you going strong. B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. You can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code FANDAMES at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code FANDAMES at liquidiv.com. Hey y'all, on this episode, we are joined by a super fun guest who had a few technical difficulties whenever we were recording, so the audio quality is not exactly up to what we usually um, have standard-wise, but the quality of the interview is still just as good, so just give it a heads up, take a little listen, make sure it's good for your ear holes. We are the snails that will stay there, and we're going to go slither away so you can listen to the episode. Okay, bye! Welcome back to the Sleepover Podcast. This is Fandames with Parks and Nebula, and we have a super fun guest this week. We have Aly- Olivia Swayze. Oh my I god! Combined <laughs> your first name and last name. Wow. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Howdy. Good to... Oh, well, no, that's okay. I messed up mine too. Glad to be here. Glad to be here today. Very excited. Uh, I good love and you glad. say howdy every time. I, you know, I really wanted to have like a trademark greeting. I just felt like that was something that I wanted. That's <laughs> so I cute. On howdy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like, just like, I don't know, just a way to say hello that everybody's like, oh, it's you, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't <laughs> No, I do that too. Yeah. But I stopped in high school because someone commented on it once. I was like, okay, well, that was corny. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> it's, it's not you so know. funny when you comment on it. Yeah, you know, you gotta le- let the haters hate and uh, just move on. You know, you gotta let it roll off the back, just like a duck. Yeah. Just like a duck. Just like a duck. We You're on right. one today. All of us together <laughs> duck, are on a duck. one. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Everyone's gonna well, hear this on for... a Friday. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Everyone will hear it on a Friday and they'll be like, you guys are fucking wrong. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god, you didn't Tuesday. edit this the same day? What the hell? Yeah. I've never been able to understand editing timelines. They seem so long to me. Um, Like, it seems like editing takes just a wild amount of time. Thank goodness I'm not an editor. Thank goodness you are, you know? Oh, I mean, we, I used to be the editor and I was like, I can't keep staying up till two o'clock in the morning doing this. This is (laughs) what I'm talking about. That's not a skill set I was born with. No, me neither. If I have to sit and like move stuff around for too long, I feel like my brain is growing mold. I can't do it. It's not for me. I need to like Mm. do it. And then I walk away and do not see it again. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about auditions. When I turn in self-tapes and stuff, I just send them in and I don't think about them at all anymore. There's no way. It's off. I don't care. I don't, I only listen to them half the time. Sometimes when we put episodes out and I'll hear it back, I'm like, oh yeah, we did talk about that. Cause I just go, it's, it's gone. I don't retain. Dude, sometimes when I, yeah, right. Sometimes when I turn in self-tapes, I, I will just edit them really quick and I won't watch them because it's hard for me to stomach the, uh, myself mostly, you know, um, (laughs) I just, 
too nervous. I don't want to watch the whole thing, you know? Um, when I had to take a flight to a con once, I, I was like, fine, I'll listen to one of the episodes. And I started it, got to like the three minute mark, and I like got sick. I was like, I can't do this right now. And I just didn't listen to anything because I had nothing else downloaded on my phone. I sat in oh. silence for a 45 minute flight. I'm like, that was ass. <laughs> that was ass. I bet it wasn't ass. I bet it was like a really nice you know what I mean? Yeah, but it was, it was when we were at like <laughs> episode four or five of this, so I still wasn't used to myself. So I was like, "Wow, that completely bad, terribly bad." What uh, what episode number is this? Twenty nine, um, twenty nine or thirty. 30. Wow, I look at you guys 30. go! Yeah. We're getting there. It's that been a so journey. Awesome. Yeah, dirty thirty. Journey. Glad to be a part of it. Thank it's you, you. yay! Been- We've been trying to interview like as many voice actors as we can. So now you get to be yeah. among that alumni. But our first one was Chris Sabat. And we listened oh, to that wow. in the car together after we did it. And both Parker and I were like, "What? how did he agree to this? <laughs> you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Yeah, right? but I'm we sure didn't expect to start job. with the big leagues. Uh, we mean, should have been a little bit more on. humble. Uh, dude, I think go big or go home, right? That's Texas's motto. Yeah, you yeah. guys are right on track. You well, guys do are you on track. Want to give a little introduction um, for all the listeners of what you do as a voice actor and as an actor in general? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I have been a voice actor for just over five years now, uh, but I've been acting since I was very young. Very young. Uh, my first role ever was in Susical, which is a musical version of Horton Hears a Who. It's a lot of fun. And I played a Wickersham brother. Um, and that was pretty awesome. And obviously, you know, that sparked a deep passion for the arts in me. And uh, I continued on and I graduated uh, recently in 2022 from the University of Houston with a degree in acting that I was very, very proud of. Go Cougs! Nice. I actually just went to the zoo yesterday and saw the cougars uh, there at the Houston Zoo. So that was, you know, comforting for me. Um, but I've been voice acting for about uh, five years now. And part of the reason that I got into the voice acting part of the industry is that my father, John Swayze, has been a voice actor and an ADR director now for a little over two decades, which is quite the impressive, you know, resume, quite quite the roster he has. And uh, I really am inspired by my dad day in and day out. Um, that being said, I missed his call. I got to call him back soon. <laughs> um, but, you know, he he's, is my favorite actor on the planet. And I take a lot of uh, inspiration from him, a lot of support, um, you know, stuff like that. So it's it just is very serendipitous that we were able to work together on a lot of different anime projects and stuff like that. And that's been a pretty driving force behind me continuing to, you know, audition and participate in different shows and stuff like that is simply because I want to take over the family business, if you will, um, stuff like that. You know, it's, it's just a cool way for us to be connected. And, uh, and also I've really, really come to love and appreciate anime. So, um, yeah, I've been at some, sh- I guess I should mention, mention some, some shows. <laughs> um, uh, probably one of my more popular shows is Kakiguri. I played the student body president, uh, as well as her twin spoiler. Whoop. Uh, Ririka. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I'm coming. Um, I've yeah, it'll it'll be okay. It's been out for a while, right? Um, I've also been in Vinland Saga. I've been in Bang Dream. Um, let me think of some other ones here. Hello, hello. You know, people always ask. They're like, "What have you been in?" And I'm, I don't know. 
I don't know. <laughs> Do you know? I was looking at your um, anime news network list and yeah. Parker and I are giant One Piece fans and we were both like, oh my God, she was the lady tree. <laughs> Thank you for knowing who that is. I literally put that character on my banner, my pop-up banner that I use at my table. <laughs> I love lady tree. If anyone loves the characters that you see for two minutes, it's me. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad that you guys know who that is. That's, people have come up to me maybe five times, probably less than five times, and they've been like, yo, I know exactly who that is. Put your banner up there. Respect. You know? um, we love Lady awesome. Tree. We stand Lady we Tree. We had Travis... Uh, I knew I came to the right podcast. We had Travis Thelwell, who plays, like, Snack as his more, like, prominent One Piece character in Buffalo. But I mm -hmm. was mad that he didn't dare mention the one lion that's in a scene in Dressrosa once. I had... I love those characters. <laughs> I memorize every single one. So the minute I saw Lady Tree, my boyfriend came in. He's like, what are you yelling about? I'm like, you know the tree that he falls in love with and then he immediately dies in front of? Oh my god. <laughs> Dude. People, I feel like people <laughs> or actors often underestimate the one-liners or just like the characters that are in one or two episodes, you know? Um, so I play in How to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon. I play like a bimbo brigade commanding officer or something like that. And it's just like a couple of lines in one episode. And one time somebody came up to me and they were like, I came here because you are the bimbo brigade commander. And I love that episode. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Thank That's so you. cute. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I feel like you go hard with, I, you kind of go hard as fuck with the characters that are only on screen for an episode because it's, you can have fun with them and it's not necessarily a character arc that you need to worry about maintaining and finding the exact right emotional release points for, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, you know, these are characters that are on screen for a couple of, couple of seconds and, um, and then m more often than not die. So yeah. I, you know, I think it's, they're always more fun, right? Like the Walla and stuff like that. It's always way more fun than the big girls, but that that's just one girl's opinion. No, I totally no, agree. I love that. Because all of like yeah. the drop in the bucket character designs are all wasted too. Um, mm. There was something I was watching earlier, and it was like, wow, all of these characters have really good designs, but because of like the core of it, everyone dies, so it does not matter. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love battle royales. Yeah. Everyone dies, so it doesn't matter what they look like. They're cool. Eh. Yeah, but I love them. I care about mm. them. <laughs> I care about them. I was hyped. I'm looking out for those guys. So yeah. I'm very curious how if anime, like the only avenue into anime in your life was from your dad, or if there was any show that you liked outside of knowing his work or anything. Yeah. So, well, growing up, I didn't really watch, um, oh, pardon me. There we go. Uh, growing up, I didn't really watch anime that much. It just wasn't what I uh, grew up with. My brother did quite a bit, um, but not not so much my sister and I. Although there was one show called uh, Michelle, which uh, I don't know if that many people are familiar with that uh, television show. But there was an anime called Michelle, um, kind of kind of like Pokemon. Honestly, um, looking back, it definitely kind of felt like a ripoff. Neither here nor there. Um, we watched that quite a bit growing up and I did really enjoy that but I didn't I just thought my dad was in this weird funny little show I didn't associate it as like oh he works in anime you know I was right. a kid I didn't I didn't know 
Um, but eventually I, I, you know, I went to high school, like I knew what anime was and I understood that my dad worked in it and had some pretty significant roles within like some pretty popular shows, but I still didn't really understand the community that existed around anime and just like how many people really liked this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Um, because a lot of people turns out did you know there's a death note musical yes yes they just yeah, did a so show for it oh my god they just did a show for it in london i'm so pissed they did not record it it's- i saw that art i saw an article reviewing the show and i was like what the hell so so anime obviously well loved by many people you know what i mean um and uh when when i was i think a senior in high school i might have been a junior but i think i was a senior I started asking my dad about, you know, auditioning for shows down at the studio and stuff like that. Just asking him more about what the artistic process was like, what the creative process was like, because, you know, he's my dad, he's an actor, I'm his daughter, an actor. I'm curious about what his professional life looks like. And it just, it really blossomed because I was curious about what my dad did all day at work, Um, (laughs) you know? Um, but it helped that my brother was into it. So I knew some stuff about it. He would always get me like Christmas presents. Like he would get me like Lego sets of his favorite shows or like a figurine, something like that. And I would always just be like, I, this is really sweet, right? This is very kind and thoughtful, but I don't know who this person is. I don't know what show that is. You know, I don't care about this. Like, I just didn't know what it was. Uh, things have since changed. Things have since changed. It was. I definitely owe, owe nearly all of it, not all of it, nearly all of it to my dad, for sure. Um, so oh, go ahead, you Matt. mentioned that acting was like a family business. So do your siblings act? Does your mom act as well? Yeah, so my dad is an actor. He uh, has been an actor since he was 15 and saw Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat on Broadway. Um, Jealous. Yeah, right? Jealous. He always talks about the the woman who played the narrator, the actress who played the narrator. He was in love with her. I feel like her name started with a J. I don't know. Um, but he originally wanted to be a marine biologist and study sharks. My mom uh, is a stage manager, has been for quite a while. Started out trying to be an actor, quickly discovered that that is not one of her many, many talents. Um, <laughs> she's more of a behind the scenes kind of lady. Um, and she's very good at running a ship. You know what I mean? She's got, she runs a very tight ship. And when I was growing up and we would be, you know, getting ready Sunday mornings to go to church and stuff like that, mom would call out, you have kids to get a car. And the whole family would be like, thank you, five. Just like a real backstage would run, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, I instead of playing soccer because both of my parents were artists, I was enrolled in like theater and painting camp and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And my brother actually, so I mentioned before that before my dad decided he wanted to be an actor, he wanted to be a marine biologist. My brother is currently in school studying at a Galveston to be a marine biologist and study sharks. So my dad's two for two in the kids career department. <laughs> um, Uh, Josh, my brother did do theater for a little bit in high school, uh, but eventually he just decided that that marine biology was the way he wanted to go. And my sister, oh God, my sister is a 16 year old. And I am telling you, this chick, that's not what I want to say. This bitch is so good at, she's just so 
so fun to watch on stage. She does a lot of musical theater, a lot of theater at the high school she's at right now. And I just love to watch her perform. She's so good. And it makes me, as an older sister who's decided to pursue acting, I feel very like, get it, girl. You know what I mean? Aww. I'm so proud. And That's so cute. She she says that she wants to be a realtor or marry someone rich. So it's hard to say <laughs> if she'll stick with the acting thing. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'd like for her to today. I think she's very talented. I'm a brother too, you know, but I love that he's a marine biologist. So I, I want him to keep on doing that. So we're, we're definitely an artistic family. Josh is definitely the smartest of all of us. Um, so, you know, board game nights are fun. Well, I don't, okay. <laughs> I think you, it um, sounds like you guys are all extremely skilled and smart in your own respective areas. I like and to think so, without sounding arrogant, yeah. That your dad is just like, yeah, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to act, <laughs> and also I'm going to learn all the science. just fine. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But, you know, my dad's a, he's a real sweet guy. All the time he says that his greatest accomplishment in life, he's always like, it's the three of you, me and my brother Aww. and sister. He's always like, you guys are the best thing I could have ever done with my life. And I'm like... I Man, that is so sweet. You are a good guy. Good guy. That's so, so precious. Yeah. That's so I, fun. I love those guys. Creative family. I love those guys, man. I, it makes me really, really happy. I, um, you know, I've actually done a lot of research on family compounds because of how much I love those guys. You know, people used to live like mom and dad lived here and brother. Yeah, and you buy a huge here. acre of land and, and yeah. everyone gets a little bit. Yeah. And, and just with this move to New York that I've got coming up, it's, and now I went to school in Houston. I'm from Houston. So I've never really been outside of the range of my family. I've been mm -hmm. always able to go see them when I wanted and certain things like that, you know, and I've just been very nervous about leaving them behind when I moved to New York. I'm like, look, humans are a tribal people. Are we not? You know, it takes a village. I don't want to leave my village behind. <laughs> I like my village. You know, but I also, you know, steps need to be taken. Yeah. I get it. It's just scary. But, but you yeah. got to leave your village to know you want to come back, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, plot of Moana. Um, I see you. <laughs> um, because of both your work and your dad's work, where you're both doing convention circuits at the same time as you do your touring, does that at least benefit more time that you will be at least able to travel and see one another while you're working or while you're moved and working in New York as well? Luckily. Very much so. Yeah, I've taken a lot of comfort in the idea that dad and I will still get to spend time traveling together, which has been so much fun for us, you know, the past couple of years, especially because that motherfucker is gone every damn weekend. I mean, he like last year, he went to 45 conventions. So that's 45 out of 52 weekends that he wasn't there. And like, look, mad respect. Did I get a new handbag for Christmas? Yes. Get that right? bread, like, but like, I'm, damn. Yeah. But also just like, you know, obviously quality time is invaluable and yeah. I miss my dad, you know, but, um, so I, traveling is a really nice way for us to stay connected and, and mm -hmm. things like that. And, um, that is something I've taken a lot of solace in and I've been actually upping my game as far as what conventions I'm going to. I've been trying to like accrue more for next year. That way I get to hang out with my dad more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, so we'll see. We'll see. If you can't plan for trips home, at least you can work at the same time and still be able exactly. to generate and do your normal stuff. That's exactly. really cool. That's really sweet. Um, I don't yeah. want to keep harassing you with questions about your dad because obviously I want to hear more about you oh. as well. But as you started to cool like guy. 
get more into the field? Did it, the realization set in that your dad is like one of the most important voices in some of the most major animes of all time? Um, well, go ahead. Sorry. Because well, so I was gonna say because I I'm a 1999 baby and I have young parents, so I grew up watching Neon Genesis when I probably shouldn't have. And because I was like a child, I only did a dub anime because I was an infant. I could not handle reading. And so like your yeah. dad's voice has been there since I was a child and has set the like whole groundwork, like with the way that like things like Neon Genesis have impacted my life. It's like your dad has always been like that because of how impactful his voice has been in certain works. Like did that realization kind of set in for you once you started to become more aware of like what he did fully? It was really, it was really once we started going to conventions together that I began to understand what an impact he had made on, you know, kind of a significant amount of people, especially people around my age. Pardon me one more time. Hello. I'm, I'm okay. How dare you, Bert? How dare you? <laughs> I've been doing it too. The minute we started recording, I had to. Oh, goodness. So embarrassing. Um, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but no, it's, uh, it was... I remember him getting an award before I really understood what he did. He got an award for being the most prolific male voice actor in North America, which means that in that year he had, you know, at that point in his career done more voices than any other male actor in North America, which I was like, damn, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, I don't really know what that means. Um, you know, I did okay on my SATs. Prolific was a tough <laughs> word at the time. But I, I was like, that's really cool. You know, I, I, uh, pardon me. I, I'm, I'm, that's neat. And then I started going to conventions with him and people were coming up and like, they were either like, oh my God, you know, or they were like, but like, they, like, not obviously not every time, like, you know, but there were quite a few times when people would come up and they were really freaking out. And I was just like, uh, hello, it's just my dad, <laughs> you know? Uh, take it easy, people. He's got an ego. Calm and down. You are stroking it. You it's know, just <laughs> John. Chill. Take it <laughs> easy. You know, but I would just, you know, our tables are usually right next to each other mm -hmm. when we're at conventions, and so I would just listen to these people come up and interact with him, and it's a, a very similar experience to to you, Parker. You know what I mean? He he just they would be like, look, you, I've been hearing your voice in my living room since I was a kid, and. This that's incredibly special and you don't know it, but this show has helped me through wildly difficult situations in my life and your voice has been there for the ride. And like that's impacted me. And and I'm grateful to meet you and thank you for the work that you've done. And when I started, ah, don't freak out, girl. When I started seeing those interactions, I was just like, that is so crazy that my dad has like and this is a, a stretch. This is just how I understand it in my head. I'm like, my dad has been other people's dad, like through their TV, like in some weird, twisted way. Some of them years. are not I mean, good examples of good dads, but you know, the sweetest the father of all time has to be the one to play the worst fathers of all time, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. He's not a good, he doesn't play good guys, he plays bad guys. But just like his, pre like, yeah. I was just like, wow, his presence is so reassuring to me. And like, how wonderful that other people are so affected by his performance. And also when I was witnessing these exchanges, that was when I really gained a new level of respect for voice actors, mm -hmm. specifically anime voice actors. I was like, yo, this is an art and this does impact people. Not that I didn't 
understand or believe that before, but it was just to like a uh, further degree. Yeah, like the know. severe or like the depth beneath it. Like you yes. see that it's an underlying like art form. It's kind of like someone doing YouTube stuff. You're like, yeah, that's cool. But then when you get that under yes. layer of how people genuinely connect with it, it adds a little bit more Dude, as like- Exactly. It. It's exactly like that. Like Cody Ko, I don't know if you guys know that YouTuber. Um, but I'm obsessed with him. You know, I've been, I've been watching that guy since, since he was on Vine and I just like, it's, it's crazy how I forget, you know, and it's a little bit twisted because we live in the age of social media mm -hmm. and celebrities and things like that. And I, I don't quite know where I stand on all of that, but I do know that I feel very connected to a few specific online and celebrity personalities in a weird way where it's I like, understand parasocial I relationships. Owe, it's yeah, okay. Like, it's like, I feel like I owe you something like I just your existence has impacted me and that's crazy and that is you know like one of the core tenets of art I think is affecting the people around us and affecting communities and and um and sharing stories and stories of being alive and things like that and it just witnessing people be impacted by my dad's performance that he did maybe even years ago. I was just like, that is really, really cool. And I understand what anime means to people now, you know? So it was a very spiritual experience for me, honestly, you know? Yeah. Don't worry. Well, I will say, Olivia, that I feel like I had that experience when I met you at SoonerCon because I was Girl. talking to your dad and was like, oh my God, like I know you from all these things. And like you've been there in these anime and like that's awesome. But also, then he was like, oh, you should talk to this lovely lady over here and points to you. And I'm like, who is this? They have the same last name. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. And just talking to you, like, you have such a personable approach and, like, you're just so bubbly and easy to to talk to that it was like we were instant best friends. And it was, you just had that immediate impact as well. Like, I, it's very palpable to see how that was passed and how you learned to have that good community in what you do. And I am just eternally grateful that I ran into you and that we have now have this awesome connection because you are you are exactly that as well. She texted That's me very, blowing very my phone up. She's like, Olivia wants to hang out with me. We traded numbers. <laughs> That's really, really kind of you. I well, you know, I also felt that connection when we started talking. I was just like, yo, this is easy, you know? This is this just feels very easy. Like I'm very casual, very comfortable, all of those things. And even when I logged on today, I was like, let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to do this. Well, you and know. especially as a young woman, to see another young woman being successful in the industry and like Parker and I grew up loving anime and video games and all the nerdy stuff. And so to be a girl in that respect is difficult at times, unfortunately. And then when you and I were discussing feminism and anime, your um, panel that you did at SoonerCon, it just clicked of like, oh my God, like everyone else that's a fan now that's growing up with it now is so blessed to have all of these um, industry professionals that are looking out for them and they have their back in the fan spaces as well so yeah it's, it's just so cool to see how it's evolved and that you get to have such a hand in that that's awesome dude i um um i was recently in a play called Photograph 51, and it was about, oh dear God, did I forget my character's name? No, it was about um, Rosalind Franklin, who was a Jewish scientist in it, it, around World War II, and they were just, you know, um, exploring the 
structure of DNA and things like that. And she was the first person who took the photo of the helical structure of DNA and figured it all out. But she's not accredited in history because a man took credit for her work. But there's a line in the play and the character who's actually the villain, he's like, what an, what an exciting thing to be born at the right time. And I love that line. And, and I, and I feel like when I do those feminism panels at conventions or when I have discussions with fans at my table about the climate of the industry, especially for women, I just, I just, I get very excited. You know, I get very excited to be a part of the conversation, a part of the effort for like, you know, representation within the industry and stuff like that. And it does feel like what an exciting thing that I was born at the right time that I get to participate in the here and now and, you know, be able to like help unite voices within my generation and stuff like that in a community that I'm so passionate to be a part of. It's a really special opportunity, you know, because I get to meet people like y'all, you know, and we get to have these conversations and stuff like that. It's, it's, you know, I don't know. It's invaluable. And to see it come out of parts of the country that you wouldn't expect. I feel like the majority of Americans wouldn't expect people like you or your dad to be working largely out of Texas and to be from Texas and (laughs) to have that kind of impact and that positive attitude and to want that representation. It's, it's very refreshing. It does, you know, being a Texan and, uh, and, well, I guess I'm allowed to say I'm a liberal on a podcast. That doesn't feel like no. We're a liberal. We're a very. I have blue hair. We're, we're a very liberal podcast. Yeah, she, she's got blue, blue hair and pronouns. Hair. We're fine. We're an extremely we're liberal podcast. People at Acon did not notice that when they came in there, and some of them were a little disgruntled because it was Texas, yeah. and we were very liberal uh, women. Get a grip, team. Get a grip. It's crazy because I think Texas women are some of the most liberated women. They just, you know, maybe sometimes have a hard time acknowledging it. But uh, I know I it's it's difficult, you know, being a Texan and being a liberal because a lot of the choices that my state and local governments make are not ones that really align with what I believe. But at the same time, I'm very proud to be a Texan. I'm very proud to be from Houston. I'm very proud to like, you know, be from my family and all of these things, like be a Texas family and stuff like that. So it is cool to be able to go to conventions other places and represent my home state and be like, yo, I know, Greg Abbott, I know. But there's also some logic and sense that happens in the state as well. Uh, you don't need to be terrified, you know. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Feel you 100%. (laughs) One of Oklahoma's claim to fame, which I'm very proud to be an Oklahoman, but one of our claim to fame is um, our senator, one of them, brought a snowball onto the congressional floor and was like, global warming isn't real because I have a snowball. So... Well, no, I got right Mitt Romney, so boom. That's true. Parker's from Utah. <laughs> compete with so that. Yes, yes. Billionaire church, compete with that. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, compete with that. You are among friends here, Olivia. Yeah, seriously, man. Well, I bet, you know, you could be from any state at this point and be like, yeah, you know, I know we have that idiot that's from here. Who doesn't but I promise we're a, chill, we're a chill state. <laughs> The world is in flames. It's okay. What are we doing our best? But seriously, yeah, seriously. It's a lot of that of just like, what else can you do but try to just be a somewhat, I don't want to say totem because it feels like it's too much like, I don't want to suck my own dick by saying like I'm being a totem for people to try to express themselves positively in the way that can impact their own community. Because I'm not that. I'm not a huge person. Us doing this podcast, us doing our panels, we're not like, 
we're just drops in a bucket. But people mm -hmm. who do listen to this or people who do come to our panels or talk to us in person are understanding like just a little bit of our point of view. Even if it's not a major change, they're understanding a little bit of like the importance of why we have representation or what certain art forms can mean or even nuanced direction and writing for what things can be deeper on an emotional level as well as what it means for like our real life compared uh, comparatively it just it's a lot the world is on fire but if we can keep just pushing out a little bit more of what we love we can at least try our best to make it better um yeah it's yeah. it's chaos that was really lovely that's the it most lovely chaotic, thing i said i think what's a totem like a Man, maybe like I a play totem pole. Yeah, a little bit. Like a pillar of the community. Yeah, yeah. Like a, okay, okay. I'm with yeah. you. I got you. I got you. I, I played like, too much oh, World of Warcraft. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's okay. That's okay. But I need to get cultured somehow. That's you know. So this is a very interesting discussion because while we're like all on the same page with so many things, I don't think that we have had someone this far removed from fandom in like personal life. So it's, I would love she's to lucky. hear your, um, what did you say? She's lucky. She's really lucky. <laughs> That's true. You are a little lucky. Um, so I'd love to hear, um, cause you said you've like grown to love anime. How has that journey been, um, in more recent years for you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's crazy. I actually, so I just went on a little girl's trip, um, and I went with a couple friends from college and I went from with my, also with my best friend from high school. And the high school friend, um, I haven't talked to her in in quite a while. Like, well, well, we've chatted, we've chatted, but we haven't seen each other in, in over a year at, at that point. And so, um, you know, we all go on this trip and we're having a great time. And Saturday night comes around and some of us are like, hey, we're going to go to this bar and, you know, do karaoke, which, by the way, first time I ever did that. Shock to the system. Uh, that terrified me. Um, but some folks were like, oh, well, we're going to stay behind, you know, watch a movie, watch TV. We don't want to go out, whatever. Okay, great. And the folks that were staying behind, one of my college friends, she put on anime. She put on, it was a zombie an anime. Is it Zom 100? On I think, yes, I think that is exactly what it was. It's like in black and white and then it all starts to go into color. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Zom 100. Yes, yes. Yeah, so it was that. So she puts that on. And they're all chilling, watching TV. And then my friends and I get up and go to the bar. And one of the friends that chose to stay behind was my high school friend. We'll call her Janine. And uh, Janine was like, I got back after the bar and we were just chatting. And Janine went to high school with me here in Houston. We did not watch anime at all. At all. You know. Mm -hmm. um, and then she went to college in Alabama. And I think they're watching a lot less anime in Alabama than they are in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got none so of she, that. I'm <laughs> watching it over there, you know. And she went to a Christian school in Alabama. Ooh, there was no chance. You know, there was no chance that she was watching that stuff. And the next day, she's going. I was like, "How was? Did you guys watch a movie? You know, what'd you get up to?" And she was like, "Dude, what the fuck did your friend put on, bro? What the hell was that shit? Like, I've never." I know that that pays your bills, but I have never seen that before, like anime stuff. And that was weird as shit. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Like, I had watched, like, an episode, and it just seemed like regular anime to me. But, like, <laughs> for the first time, I realized that, like, oh, shit, maybe I have seen 
like a fair amount of anime at this point. Like maybe that's I am, normal. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is not that weird in anime to me. Like there's way weirder stuff out there. You know, my dad says that in anime, there's everything from like, hello kitty to hello kitty. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a really good way to put it. <laughs> and so I was just for the first time, I was like, oh shoot, maybe I do know a little bit about this industry. You know, maybe I do know a little bit about this like entertainment form. Um, but I, I've only seen two animes, like, fully start to finish. Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan. Um, I loved them both. I loved Demon Slayer because of the breathing techniques that they used to help them fight better. We learned all about breathing techniques and how they can extend and, like, maximize your physical capabilities during physical combat strength and uh, agility training during my uh theater school we learned breathing techniques just like that shit so i was freaking out when i first watched it i was like yo we do that too my god you know and um, you know my boyfriend at the time was like chill out i think there's cooler parts of this anime that you're gonna want to see you know (laughs) no fuck you the cool part is the breathing that's when all the cool colors happen obviously that's the best part when i found out that the colors were not real and they were just added for flair and that there's no there's none of that actually happening when they use moves i i felt part of me die a little bit i was like what the fuck do you mean you don't see the water come on people people, you know and then but I, I, i was really glad that i ended up watching those two anime because i would go to conventions and i would meet actors that had been in those shows and I was like, Ooh, oh my gosh, you know, oh, you've been in that show. And I felt like I got a lot of where people were coming from when they were like, oh, you know, like, freak, I don't know. Obviously, I get what being a fan is about, you know, but it just felt cool to be able to go fan over people at anime conventions that I maybe normally wouldn't have before. So I'm always on the lookout to start a new show. Um, but currently I'm watching Good Omens with David Tennant and yeah, yeah, Martin Sheen. Oh, a so really that- good choice. Yeah, I'm I'm in season two now, and I'm a little confused, but I'm loving it. The kitty's made an appearance. Lunchbox has decided to come check on me. Shut up. Is her name really Lunchbox? Her, her name is Lunchbox, yes. That's a great name for a cat. And she's leaning into the control panel on my headset, so I just can't the way really I hear like you it. for a moment. Okay, we're good. <laughs> she's, Anyways, yeah. Here she is. Wow, what a Good morning, cat. Lunchbox. That is a great shot. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, sweet girl. Thank that you for joining. So that is awesome. Cat interlude. But there always is one right? though. She's she's getting better at it. <laughs> I think she knows what she's about. I think it's funny that after you did start to watch a little bit, you did get your fangirl moments because those moments are so huge. I, I am self-proclaimed. There has never been a voice actor I've met in person that I didn't start crying um, while talking to. I don't know why. Really? I'm just, I'm that empathetic. I start crying. Uh, I walked up to your dad, ass out and all. I was like, you're, you're good to the car. It's so cool. I'm sorry my ass is out. Will you sign this? And I handed it over and I'm crying. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing because I'm never but at it's a con. so sweet. Yeah, for you yeah. guys. It's embarrassing for as you hell. Guys. <laughs> because I'm always in cosplay. So it's like my makeup is running. It's like, this is the worst day of my life. I have a photo shoot in 20 minutes and I just cried over Jeremy Lee. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, I love that. Emotional connections are everything. You know what I mean? Especially like uh, pretty much all day at conventions when actors are sitting at tables. 
you know, they're getting the same six questions over and over. So you're breaking up the monotony, buddy. Like you're giving, like, you know, you're creating a memorable experience. God, have I made those. (laughs) Wow, have I made those. I don't think, I don't know. (laughs) I think definitely. I think absolutely. I think when people freak out, they definitely help make the most of the experience for both themselves and the voice actor. My mom one time, my dad got booked for a convention in Ireland mm-hmm. and uh, my mom was like, hello, I'm going, you know? So they flew over there together and it was the first convention that my mom had really gone to. And she, my, you know, they're on the plane over and my dad was like, look, Dina, I just, you know, I want to let you know that when, when we get there, you know, I'm, um, I'm kind of a big deal. And my mom was like, right up yours, you idiot, you know? <laughs> what are you talking oh about? And like rolled over and went to sleep. And then when they got there, sure enough, there were people at the airport with like signs like, welcome John Sweezy, like where's the country here, you know? And mom was like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like what is happening? And then they get on a train and they start heading to the uh, their hotel for the weekend. <laughs> handler for dad for the weekend was sitting next to mom and she turned to her and she was like wow I can't believe that you're married to John Swayze and she was like yeah you know living the dream like (laughs) whatever and she was like I mean you get to sleep next to him every night she's milking it a little bit my mom without missing a beat was like it's not that great <laughs> oh my god so, you know i like when people freak out it creates a mem- memorable experience that's so funny oh goodness yeah my dad was like awesome thanks tina <laughs> you, you roll thank you appreciate thanks for telling him that hot stuff bread on you know <laughs> And even oh after goodness. that, she probably doesn't think he's hot shit when it comes to how much he gets done, huh? That girl. <laughs> My mom gets a lot of stuff done. It can be hard to impress that woman. She's very good at her job, you know? Very good. That's so but... funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was, like, when Parker and I did our first um, live panel at Fanex in Salt Lake City. There was this mom that came up, because we were talking about girls and women in cosplay and like the conventions only existed because of uh like young women and like college age girls Mm -hmm. and this mom came up to us that was very obviously excited about our panel and asked for our autographs and i was like what (laughs) what are you talking about so we we gave them to her and then i came home and was trying to talk about it with my family and my dad's like so they wanted an autograph for your blog (laughs) I love that he calls it a bug. Thanks for humbling me. Appreciate it, Pops. Everybody needs to be humbled every once in a while, and boy, are family members the best ones to do it. Your blog. That is so funny. Oh he my does God. not know what we do, and he still doesn't know. We've been doing it for he's two years. He's, in a, he's 65 now. He does not know what the fuck a podcast is. He's good on the learning. He's good on the learning, I'm sure. <laughs> He's like, yeah, y'all go into the, into the gay garage, do your little thing. Yeah, you know? have fun out there. Have fun out there. <laughs> Playing with cans and strings out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, it was really funny. 
I I don't know. It's funny that he doesn't understand, but it's also funny because at that panel, my mom was sitting front and center. Um, anytime I said something, because I I don't show my full personality like on the podcast when it comes to like in person things because I try to be a little bit more professional. But every time I would say something where I'm trying to be professional and display myself in a professional manner, my mom would look right at me and go, like. Okay. For non-visual people, sure. she just she just does like a flat wide like head shake at me. Um <laughs> cuz she knows, she knows who I am and I'm not like quiet and professional all the time. I'm annoying and she knows it. Um, and she corrected you on a couple things too. Oh hell yeah, she, she corrected me. Panel. And I don't blame her. That's her that's her mom drool. That's that's her thing. That's her permission. But yeah. You know, I get where I get where moms are coming from. My best friend's mom all the time. Uh like, my best friend will try like like when we were going to, you know, this girl's trip, mm-hmm. her mom sat us down and she was like, be careful. You're going to be close to the border. Don't go into Mexico, you know, if you want to come back with your head. Right. And, um, and, you know, just be careful. Use your head, you know, keep your drinks covered, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, while we're there, my friend is trying to like put her arm on her mom's shoulder and mess with her hair and shit like that. And just be like, mom, shut up. Like, it's fine. But all the time she'll be like, I made you. You are of me. The hair that I'm touching, I made that. You don't need to say anything to me. And at the end of the day, they're right. You know, I believe her. <laughs> she did make that shit. You know, I cannot I deny it. You're right. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you, they win. They made, you win. You made me. I guess you win. I guess you win. But, you know, my mom's also a redhead. So mm-hmm. I just generally concede to what she says. <laughs> I get nervous. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm done. All you. <laughs> yeah, you you take the reins here. I'm not I'm not gonna oppose you on this one. You know, absolutely. Um, that's so nice that you have such like a strong willed, um, strong willed mom, and to have that like that that centering. I I've noticed like yeah. Parker has it as well, and that it's just to have that that very centering and humbling but still very supportive uh female figure in your life. That's awesome. There yeah, man, there is something about having like a woman as your mother. You know what I mean? Just like somebody who is not afraid to stand up for themselves and does wear high-heeled combat boots, you know what I mean? I I don't know. I look up to my mom a lot, which is crazy because I do think, and I, my, dear God, my mom won't listen to this podcast. I'm sure of it. My dad might, my mom won't. Uh, but I, I definitely get along better with my, with my dad than I do with my mom. But I think it's because, you know, I've taken a lot of cues from her and we ended up becoming like pretty similar people. Like, I don't know. She's instilled quite a bit of don't take no shit in me, you know? And I'm so grateful for that. I don't think that I would be as a kick-ass of a bitch, dare I say, as I am without that kind of um, influence, you know? She's, she's the best. And she also wouldn't take my shit. So that's, I feel also like... That's the thing that, like, slightly separates you is that you're both take-no-shit bitches <laughs> now. And that makes it exactly. so you don't take shit from each other. <laughs> exactly. And, man, well, if you guys knew my mom, like, to stand up to that woman is a crazy thing I, I every time i do it i'm like what a huge mistake i've made <laughs> this is horrible but i I've love heard, it you know i've heard on several other interviews with um actresses that they always will pull from someone in their life like that do you pull from your mom's influence for certain characters and for certain like whatever it calls for it for that kind of attitude yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, the way I was raised plays a big part of not only who I am as a person, but who I am as an artist and what sort of characters I embody on stage. I think I can attribute quite a bit of that to my upbringing. I think nature is obviously a huge component, but nurture is just as much of a component, you know. Um, but as far as like my my parents, there's been a couple of characters that I have pulled specific. Oh, God, 10 percent of my battery remaining. <laughs> We'll deal with that in a moment. Um, there's been a couple of characters that I have specifically pulled elements of my mom and dad's personality or, you know, mannerisms, behaviors that they, you know, frequently do. Um, but it's only been a handful of times. Substitution, which is, you know, kind of what I think that that is, practice is called within acting, substituting somebody from your own life for a character that you're speaking to or playing. Um, that I, I get nervous about that sometimes because I feel like all I, the only things that I truly want to pull and like find honesty within are feelings and experiences from my life rather than people. I just get nervous. You know, I, um, I, I sometimes don't want to include other people like that in my process just because like there, there's something to be said, like subbing in an old ex-boyfriend for a disgruntled lover that you're playing opposite, like you can pull feelings from that, but if you are really thinking of that character as your ex-partner, you're going to bring in a lot of feelings and emotions that are specifically tied to that person in that relationship. And sometimes that's beneficial, but sometimes it's also beneficial. Sometimes it adds, you know, complicated layers to the character's relationship with one another that the audience won't understand. And so I think it's really important to kind of like make it up, like play it out. Like I always think of it like the way I was a kid. Like I got my degree just in playtime, essentially, um, <laughs> in professional play dates is kind of how I think of it. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, it's it's like the backyard again, right? When they would like my, like travel to a new land and invent all of these characters and storylines and stuff like that. That's kind of how I imagine taking on a new role uh, for an anime or on stage or, you know, behind like, or in front of the camera, whatever it is, that's kind of how I imagine it is like, yes, I can use the experiences and feelings that I have garnered from before this, but I'm going to create a whole new game for this rather than use players from old games, just because I don't want to accidentally cross any emotional lines. It's a disaster up here in my brain as it is. I don't need to confuse things, you know. Me, me too. I don't, you know, I don't need to confuse anything for for <clears throat> you know reality. <laughs> Takes enough that's to a, keep me afloat as it is. <laughs> that's a very unique take. I feel like for acting, I feel like so many people, especially voice actors <clears throat> and character actors, will say, "Oh yeah, I, I remember this random person I knew in childhood, and that's kind of what I channel to do this character." But to separate it out in the emotional standard is is really interesting. Well, I feel like when you're acting, I mean, you're embodying the human experience, right? You're embodying like what existing as a person in this society means. And obviously like your own set of experiences and relationships aids in that storytelling and in that portrayal of what the human experience is like. But in order to make it like something universal, something that everybody can find a way to relate to that particular experience. I feel like you just kind of have to distance yourself from your personal life and step into the character 
rather than bringing in elements of your personal life. I don't know if that quite makes sense. I've never written it all down. So, you know, it just kind of jumbles out. Um, but that, I mean, that's kind of how I think of it, man. And I will say I went to a very traditional uh, school for acting as far as like what the approaches to the craft are that they teach at U of H. It's a very traditional approach. And I really dug that. And Stanislavski, he does do a little bit of substitution. That was the main guy who's, who we studied while we were in school was Stanislavski. And he, he does do a little bit of substitution, but I feel like he also does a lot of like, just like, what do you feel, man? And, you know, how, how, how do you think that that person feels when they feel like this? And how can you combine what you feel and what they feel when you're feeling the same thing? Yeah. And like portray that as one person experiencing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's very complex and it's very artsy fartsy and uh, I don't know. It's, sometimes I get overwhelmed talking about it. It's a lot, you know, portraying the entire human experience in one story. That's a big responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Avatar, the last, yeah, right. But some stories do it great. Avatar The Last Airbender, they do that shit so well, bro. Yeah. I just feel like the way that story is told and the way that those characters are performed, it's easy to find ways to like relate to their stories you know absolutely i don't know i don't know yeah. i think you would really <laughs> enjoy um full metal alchemist brotherhood which okay. your dad is actually in he's one of the side characters but Dude, he is not a the- side character oh my <laughs> god is he not a side character in terms is of is that the one where the dog Shush. and the, the girl yes Yes. Uh-huh. oh yeah. that sounds horrific it's only that's only for one episode that's one of them it's that's i can that's, t- it's a very um it's a very good study on the humanity of loss and grief and like Ooh. finding yourself in your family and finding your strength through your not only your chosen family but also like the family that chose to stay with you wow. and the That's complicated lovely. relationship between um because your dad plays a deadbeat dad yeah. that doesn't really know he's a deadbeat dad <laughs> But it's, it. it's the relationship of he still cares for his sons, but he abandoned them, basically. And oh, how do his man. sons keep going? And then when they meet together again, like, they have to work together and they are forced to go through those feelings for the better of everyone around them. And it's... A little forced therapy. Yeah, a little, a little nice. bit of... A lot of forced therapy in that series, actually. But... It's, dude, my favorite story ever, and I highly recommend really? it. Really? Okay, yeah. heard. Much obliged. I've heard a lot of people talk very highly about Full Metal Alchemist. Is it specifically Brotherhood that you're recommending? Both are very good, but Brotherhood follows the manga more closely and is a ah, little okay. bit better in its liberties. I say you should watch both, but I would watch Brotherhood first, and then when you have time to just watch the original, watch the original because it's good it's just different and it's not finished on the first one because they didn't have the ending so they were just kind of like here you go yeah the the first anime caught up to when the manga was being written so the Uh... the anime writers were like we'll just figure it out but the the second show how has that not happened with like one piece yet you know what i mean um, the manga is a year behind, or a year ahead. Like, the current anime is a complete year behind. Do and- they, have they, like, stopped their production speed? Like, have they slowed it on purpose so it stays a year behind? No, because, uh, for the most part, the manga is weekly, um, unless there's, like, a holiday break. Oda took a month off because he had to have surgery on his eyes, but aside from that, it's pretty, like, every week we get a new chapter. For is it 25 years, one... dude. 
It's one guy. Is it just one author? One author? Yeah. 25 years a yeah. week? What? That's why That's um, when people criticize the art style, I just kind of ignore it because it's like, it's one dude. Can you yell? Like, oh, now he has, he has a team of people that assist him, but he does the majority of the work. Yeah. What? Yeah. He writes it and illustrates it. Yeah. Jesus. Oh my God. That's insane. It's, it's crazy wow. good. It's one of my favorites, but... Yeah, so also, we won't catch yeah. up for another year. We're technically always a year ahead. And if we do have stuff, usually movies are coming out between then. Mm. Like it takes, a, there's probably a new One Piece movie every three to four years, maybe five. That's insane. And so they <laughs> get like crazy. a little bit more time with like the production companies for the anime to like hold back a little bit so that they can produce yeah. their actual movie. And then they will go back to streaming as usual. But dude, I honestly I don't mind, you know, m like with like Grey's Anatomy and like Friends, like shows that ran I guess Grey's Anatomy and Friends aren't necessarily great compared to Grey's Anatomy for sure. Love Island, like these shows that have been running for like 20 plus seasons. It's like, oh my god, man, like what is happening here? But I'm down with One Piece and other animes that have been running that long because my dad's in a lot of them. And so I'm like, Your dad's yeah, coming back to act, too. Like, He's coming back. Day, that would be cool. Is he coming I, back in one piece? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, His my God. As soon as we finish right this now. arc, he gets a major character boost. So oh, more work for your he dad. He does. Sometimes, we, we, we talked about it. Oh, okay. Because um, sometimes he finds that out at conventions. He did. Like, I'm the one that told I? him that. <laughs> I told him that at Anime Town when he was in Utah because uh, John Gramillion was right next to him. And I was like, hey, or Gremion, sorry. I was like, hey, Mihawk and Crocodile are coming back. And they're like, are you for real? I'm like, yes. Did you guys not I know that? I love that. that. Um, no, John did because Anthony Bowling told him because Anthony loves uh, spoiling One Piece for people who are not watching good. it. Well, yeah, my dad's <laughs> definitely not watching it. And that, you know, that was strange to me. Like when I was first getting into the industry, I would be like, oh, dad, do you know like this and this and this about your anime? And he would be like, I have no fucking clue. I've never seen that, you know, and I, that I was just always like, huh? But now I get it. I I don't really watch the stuff I'm in it's either. A which, it, well, it's the same thing we like we were talking about, like listening to like episodes that you've done or or you know watching old videos of yourself, stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, that's me, guys. I don't want to see that, you know. But it also, honestly, it's it's more of a detriment than it is a benefit because you'll be at conventions and people will be like. Yo, remember in season two, episode 23, minute 35, when your character said that and you're like, I don't, I, I didn't don't watch have any idea. <laughs> or they'll ask, they'll ask about parts of the show that my character's not in. And I'm like, right. I don't know about that, dude. If, I, if my character wasn't in that scene, I have no idea what's going on, you know? Right. Sometimes I feel bad about that. Um, but it's, I'm just I'm just a busy lady. I'm just a busy lady who doesn't want to spend her time watch, hearing, listening to herself over and yeah. over again. You know what I mean? You're watching yeah. the whole story unfold, and you're sitting in a booth reciting lines. Like it's a very different <laughs> experience. It's a very different experience. You know what I mean? Very very different experience. And a lot of the times, especially with the shows that we do down here in Houston, um, I know eighty percent of the actors that are in the show. So it's like. I don't know. It's, it's a little bit weird also because it's like, well, I know who's... I'm imagining what that person looks like when they're saying these words. It's just a weird... Right. It's yeah, a, yeah. a different experience, you know what I mean? Well, if you can stomach it, 
because you know you know several of the actors that are in it, I would also recommend One Piece. It is a theater yeah. for the absurd in the best way possible. It is a very good exploration of humanity and friendship it's and found family. It's long as hell, it but it's wonderful. not about the end. It's just about the journey. Like, take yeah. your time. <laughs> it's so fun to watch I dub. That. I watch it sub personally just because I'm caught up. There is not a dub where I'm at. But I, I love both versions so much. And it's been kind of crazy because, yeah, I have the same thing where because of doing this and doing podcasting, I'm meeting voice actors. Like, I went to go see the Psychopaths movie. I was like, that's John's voice. Oh, my God. Or, I was like, I can't handle this. Oh, my God. It was weird. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's like once you start to add faces to names. I was never a celebrity person growing up. So, like, actors and real life stuff, I didn't really stick with. Like, I would recognize them, but they weren't really, like, I didn't have a parasocial relationship when it came to, like, that. I didn't really have a connection to live action stuff like that. But when it came to voice yeah. acting, it was like, well, okay, I can represent this with a character still. And as I'm a cosplayer, it's like, I like to dress up as these cosplayers. I like to look at fan art of these characters. Yes. And then here's yes. the person. But since I've been doing this more, and I'm talking to the voice actors who come onto our show or just people I meet at shows who are interested in my costume or whatever, like I'm getting autographs back and forth. It's like, okay, we're on a different level. So now I have a face to add to the voice. And it's like, I, I, I need to go back yes. to watching sub anime. Love you guys. I can't. I know I you. Do like, I know you. <laughs> I do like having that barrier, though, a little bit. Because now you both can celebrate the character together. Versus if yeah. you speak to, like, a live-action actor for a movie or something. That it's like, oh, but the, your face is connected to that character now and I feel like it's also similar to stage acting because with stage acting you're so far from the stage most of the time that you have to kind of overact with the character to make sure everyone yeah. gets to see it and so you can also have that barrier of like yes you are the actor but the audience is only really seeing the character true uh, and that very I, good point I think that's why a lot of people that like anime or animation also really like musicals and stage plays yeah because <laughs> it kind of goes hand in hand with that overacted and like that that full emotion instead of Very just much. here's pretty person on screen reciting lines yeah. yeah you know it's the same reason that i am not you know well that i am attracted to the fox from zootopia is because jason bateman plays him you know what you're I mean? absolutely correct <laughs> yeah no 100 percent man 100%. one of my first no. childhood crushes oh. was the fucking robin hood fox for the I, 1970s Disney movie. <laughs> he was an archer and he he hit the bullseye every time loved he was him. super cool bro he was cool as shit oh i love that fox <laughs> no i totally get it and i think also the you mentioned it earlier like there's like a very like you mentioned theater of the absurd which i loved in reference to one piece and like anime is just always larger than life bro and i think that's why a lot of actors enjoy anime is because it's so similar to the stage plays that they've often grown up training in and just the the, the storytelling methods are very similar between theater performance and voice acting i think specifically in anime um and you know in the midst of like the strike and and all this stuff going on like i've just thought a lot about the different niches and and um disciplines of performance as an actor and what, you know, I just thought a lot about it lately with the strike going on and stuff like that. And I love how similar voice acting and theater are, you know. I feel like they they do a really good job of honoring, like, what the core of storytelling is. You know, there's a beginning, middle, and end with who every story. The end is so important, right? And t TV shows lately, just they don't have ends anymore. They barely even have middles, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anime's not so much. Even with One Piece, bro, like, I don't know, like, 
I just feel like the authors always, the authors of the manga always have like a beginning, middle, and end in mind. It just like may take them a while. Well, maybe that was one piece. No, it is. It definitely is because yeah, you can see stuff yeah, that's right? happening right now that we've been hinting to 20 years ago in the manga. Like exactly, like he that dude knew what the hell was gonna happen at the end when he started writing it. He had know? this idea. He's like, it is taking me all the way there, and it's been 20 years mm-hmm. coming. And it's like mm-hmm. one of the best examples. I try not to make it a One Piece episode every single time, but I cannot help but <laughs> praise Oda for how well written. And about having that solid ending. Oh, yes. Sorry. My beginning, bad. middle, and an end for, for stories. Completely. Because also, we're at. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, one, written by a lady. Phenomenal. Um, she had to use a pen name, uh, like a male pen name, to be published Are you because of it. No, it's that's. Um, <laughs> But that's a very contained story. Um, I think the anime is only like 65 episodes or something like it that. Is, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's it's for modern anime in terms of how long a lot of them often run. It is very um, contained and is solid in the way that it ends. So those are your two recommendations. You have a thousand episode anime and then one that's 60 episodes. <laughs> I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. It's, Sorry to hijack it, Parker. Continue. No, you're good. It's just... Yeah, a lot of the stuff beforehand has been easily contained because everything is arc by arc. And with One Piece, because it's arc by arc, you do get a clear start, you get a clear middle, and you get a clear end to every single arc we do. And it's always the same. We show up, things are bad, rebellion, we just fought like the worst dictator in the world, let's party, and then leave over and over and over again but the way that the formula works is that we keep moving up and up and up and more you're dealing with people losing their rights you're dealing with people starving to death like we're getting more and more serious and at the same time we're watching personal growth within our crew that we've been stuck with since the beginning as we gain more people even and you're watching as like we start to become more and more emotionally aware of circumstances around us as we liberate all of these people and it's like even though the story is still going you see the roots in the very very beginning and how they tie over now um because they do it like arc by arc where you get the clear start and stop almost every single time and that's why like i tell people it's really easy to watch because although it's 1000 episodes the first arc is maybe 40 or 45 like you can Mm -hmm. like from start to like the exposition to the first end of the arc it's 45 episodes which feels like a lot but it's also like you know when you get into like an early story and everything is a little bit more lighthearted, so you don't really have to be like fully invested into it a little bit just because it's so lighthearted and chill. Yeah, it's kind of like that, um, where you can just start to try it, and then eventually you'll start to get a little bit more hooked, and that's where the first arc actually begins and ends. And it's only like a ten episode arc, like it's that fast to just get through it. Yeah, I love that. And I also, I mean, I think that the part of the reason that like anime is like one piece have been going on so long, it's just the exploration of the complexity of every character's like their dynamics with each mm-hmm. other and like how they function within this world, within that world, with this, this situation, that situation, you know, you're just getting to know the characters more and more and more. And I think that it's like kind of a reflection of what we go through every day, like getting to know ourselves better and better. And, oh, how do I operate in this situation that maybe I've been before, maybe I haven't been, but, like, there are different players here this time. You know, like, stuff like that. Like, yeah. I think it's very much like art reflects life, life reflects art, that kind of thing, you know. 
it's well, very I mean, cool with such a large cool. cast too you see a lot more i don't want to say representation in terms of like body type or like <laughs> um, minority characters even because there's tons of that in one piece when you have over a cast of like a thousand million i don't even know it's probably in the millions of terms of how many characters are actually in one piece but like um i don't know if it's that high but i'm it counting is like every <laughs> single background character yeah, um, yeah, every single background character. Because like, they matter, the holy shit. Because they're different. They're thousands. different looking people. Um, like, it, there's a good variation. But, like, I haven't seen anyone touch on, like, characters who are legitimately, like, traumatized in a way that where they have to deal with and express living with, like, bipolar disorder. Which is, like, odd, but... One Piece handles it extremely well with putting in Whole Cake Island. Like, the way they handle writing these characters where they're dealing with real-life trauma in a way, it's like there is not a One Piece character that someone cannot relate to. There are well, so many deeply rooted issues for, like, where people can find their end to One Piece. And that's the yeah. best part of it. Like, I immediately fell into it with Nami at the very beginning because I've had to deal with issues of, like, being an older because I was a latchkey kid and that's fine I have I have talked about it before I was a latchkey kid who kind of had to like raise my sister a little bit um mm -hmm. it's just that was my circumstances and it was fine but because I felt like I had so much weight on my shoulders I couldn't be myself for a long time throughout my teenage like years and just trying to keep up with everything around me I deeply related to Nami just be finally being able to ask for help in episode 30 like it just, it got me. It grabbed me right then and there because it was so easy to feel like there was a character who was one-to-one -one in my situation that I felt like I finally felt a little bit more free to explore. Yeah, and it was that's, that's amazing, dude. And that, and that, again, goes back to why, like, I think voice acting and stage performance on bomb.com mm -hmm. is, like, the ability to, like, empathize with the ability to empathize with everybody going through experiences that are similar to you. you know? Yeah. Everybody I also think it, it contributes a lot to women in these spaces a lot and female fans and females being females, sorry to sound like females. a random women being like involved in the back end side of it and being in the industry because that's being brought more to the forefront as the, the needle is moved more towards the middle in terms of like, um, demographics of who's watching and who's participating in these stories and these shows because yeah. it's no longer just about power scaling now it's also about what are the consequences of the plot and what about these character relationships and I, I really enjoy that absolutely I think like there's a lot more thought and detail that are like very intentionally <laughs> practiced behind each story that's like been told like with like a lot of the newer animes and stuff like that and the needle that you're talking about of the demographic of who's consuming and watching anime on a daily basis swings more and more towards women. It's also like, I feel like then we start to see the reflection in what is being produced, like what sort of stories, probably ones that center women, that platform like issues that like maybe specifically women deal, like all of these things are also becoming more and more of a presence within anime production. And that is so important, you know, and um, again, allows more and more and more of us to begin to empathize with people that maybe we weren't able to empathize with before because those stories weren't being told on a frequent enough basis, you know. I don't know. I think that we're seeing a really lovely trend in anime lately of like <clears throat> who's being represented and 
what sort of folks are consuming the the entertainment and stuff like that. And bro, always I have felt like anime is just like one or two steps ahead of like the rest of us, like community wise and acceptance and tolerance wise and all of these things. Like I feel like there was a lot more acceptance at an anime convention than there was at like uh, just out and about in the city, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like folks in the anime convention get it. And they're just yeah. like, oh, that's what you do. That's what you're about. Right on. I may not be about that, but I don't know. That's fine. Like, it doesn't matter, you know? Like, yeah. we both still look awesome in our cosplay. And that's, at the end of the day, what we came here for, you know? And, like, I, I don't know. I think the anime does a really, really good job of practicing a lot of the values and morals that at least I would like to see more of, you know, in our day-to-day societal existence. <laughs> And I'm excited to be a part of an industry that, like, really platforms stuff like that and really honors, like, the genuine connections between people and, like, their their shared interests and all sorts of stuff like that. It's so cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it, too. And I love that um, modern anime is kind of giving more women an entry point because of mm-hmm. things like... Dragon Ball, I always say, because I, I don't know, power scalers and men would dominate things like Dragon Ball or One Piece or not, like the big three, Bleach, Naruto, like those were dominated by men to such a degree that like they'll convince you that Sakura is the worst written woman of all time and why they don't have a real reason. It was just her being a woman. It's because she's lady and has pink hair. Yes. Um, And stuff like that makes you not want to look at it. But when it comes to, like, once you get that in with things that are a little bit more modern, like even Spy Family as a point of reference, where you have Yor as a frontline character who, I mean, she's a housewife, but she's also very, very strong and presented as such throughout. And it's a good entry point for people, because once they start to get that entry point into new modern day anime, where it's a little bit more feminist leaning or a little bit like left leaning even, um, you get that entry to older animes where you start to realize that a lot of these older ones have always been a little bit like woman focused in some degree. We were just seeing it through an overly like sexualized lens from men who weren't really understanding the point. Like um, with Neon Genesis, it's always been about women low key. It's the sacrifice of mothers. That's one of the main plot points. So why are we talking about anything else? Um, yeah, where it's like, it's so hot how Misato is okay. But what about the part that she's like, having to fill this gap as both a mother and a protector, but she cannot do both at the same time while maintaining her job. Like, why are we not talking about these main themes? Because they're so important, but it felt like they were glazed over by everything else there. Or it's like, why are we focusing on the sexualization of teenagers in this and not actually what it's about? I just, I feel like giving women the chance to go back and see that most of these stories were written for women in mind it's always been a little bit more clear if that makes sense where it's like yes these old animes have always been very women-centric it's like sailor moon it's like uh one piece in the beginning it's like ugh, there's so fucking many robotech was magic very women-centric. magic night uh revolutionary girl utena like yeah. there's so many women-centric yes. anime and there always have been because in live action shows we weren't getting women we weren't like, yeah. the art styles may have been a little sexually like sexualizing in some capacities but if you're not viewing that from that scale if you're not approaching it from that direction then you're not really going to even clock that honestly 
because it's like, yeah, we're women. We have boobs. I don't, I don't care. There's other stuff at play that actually does matter. And I think that's a good point, man. I think that all the time people argue like, oh, well, women were like, you know, illustrated, like very, very oversexualized in X, Y, and Z show, like back in the nineties and the early two thousands. And it's like, bro, first of all, stop saying that like women with those attributes are like oversexualized. Those are, can also just be women. Like that's okay. You know, like some women have very big titties and that's just a thing like like you know like you're like you are the one over sexualizing it like to to pin that on the illustrator is just like once again you are pinning a crime on an artist on an innocent artist who is just trying to make their rent bro you're the fool who's over like sexualizing and stuff but i think that like the point you made about spying's family where like she's a housewife right but that that's the the mom right that's who you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah so it's like she's a housewife but she's so many other things and like the housewife is kind of a front for like all of this other awesome shit that she is kind of like with marvelous mrs Maisel, how like she fronts was like a housewife turns out like she's like this incredible comic like all these things she's such a strong woman i feel like we're beginning like i don't know it's like i love that representation because it's like yo that is a clue. Like, women have always been able to fool you fucking bozos. Like, you think that we're just this, like, one-dimensional character. In reality, we are universes. Like, infinite, like, universes of complexities of people and stuff like that. You know, they all exist inside of us. And now that we're seeing more, like, women-fueled stories, whether the there's female representation in, like, production, writing, acting, whatever part of the storytelling process it is... I just, I am getting excited about it because it's like, yo, I feel like I'm beginning to see more and more of myself reflected in media. And that is dope as shit. That is so cool. Yeah. That's like when Wonder Woman came out in 2017. My oldest niece was only one at the time. And I remember walking into Walmart and seeing all like the back to school stuff. And they had for years and years and years, it was always just Batman and just Superman on their like superhero signs for their back to school things. And I love both Batman and Superman. I love DC Comics. But for the first time in my life, it was Wonder Woman that was in the center because of that movie. And I almost started crying in this Walmart thinking like my niece gets to grow up in a world where Wonder Woman gets to be in the center now. And it's a special thing. It's a very yeah. special thing. And like with She-Ra, with the new She-Ra show um, that came out a couple years ago with The Owl House. If you haven't seen The Owl House, highly, highly recommend. Um, It has really great queer representation. It uh, really like just fucking punches ageism in the face when it comes to characters. There's a lot of characters of much older ages that are still very important to the plot. It's it's also... um, very uh representative of hispanic uh cultures and hispanic americans and it's phenomenal i love it with my whole heart and it's that same like female centric story because the main character is a preteen girl and guess what she figures out she's bisexual halfway through the show and has a girlfriend and it's just this like they're still saving the world that's just kind of a side plot but it's still there and it's it's so ah i love it with all my heart that is so wonderful oh it's called the owl house yeah the owl house yeah okay i just might have to check that out my evening plans might just have taken a turn or that you should it's on disney plus okay so good it's not that long either i think it's only like 
three it's, seasons, but it's a kid's show, so the seasons are only like eight or nine episodes each. No, they're right? they're longer. Are they There's longer? There's two two full seasons, and then the third season. I'm pissed that the show got canceled, hmm. but they let the showrunners um wrap up the third season with three like hour long episodes so there's two full seasons and then the third season is like three hours ish long Mm. dude say what you will about quote-unquote kids shows but i'm like i fucking love no they're good as hell yeah that's what we watch in the uh, hotel room over at a con like we don't we don't have netflix but we can always reliably have bluey on yeah, dude, like, oh, that should be making me cry sometimes. I'm like, those parents love those kids so much. Damn. <laughs> you you want to cry at kids' cartoons? The new DuckTales, which mm-hmm. also has really good girl representation. The Ooh. new DuckTales is so good. The new DuckTales fucked me yeah. up. I watched it with my dad. <laughs> so good. Ooh. Hey, can we do our, um, it's certainly not Bimbo Brigade, which I'm remembering from earlier, but it is... Beach episode in Boston. Yes, I was gonna yeah. cue us back into that in a sec. I w- I had it on the back. I was like, okay, well, what time do we start that? But we'll <laughs> happily start that. Do you want to get us started with our beach episode and boss battle, Olivia? We, we usually do boss, boss battles yeah. first. Yeah, that way okay. we can end on a lighter note. I'll do boss battles first. I um I had a friend bail on some plans that I was really really looking forward to um last night, and it really bummed me out that they bailed unexpectedly. I understood, but I was I was pretty like upset and disappointed, and uh, it blew. It blew. What that about you guys? Blow. That sucks, Parker. What's your boss battle? Um, I had it and then I lost it. My work day has just been a pain in the ass Um, my manager is on break or she's taking a nice well-deserved vacation which is fine but we're an office of five people so i'm feeling it and that sucks for me i'm very tired i have not been sleeping well because of just how much work is on my plate but we're doing it it's fine nebula my boss battle is that i um ran out of my medication for two weeks and so then my body like went back to normal normal and which is not fun for me because I got ADHD and depression. So my brain was like, let's go crazy. Um, <laughs> so I haven't been sleeping super great, but I'm back on my meds now. So now I just have to write out that like two week period where my body yeah. can readjust to it. So I'm just yeah. so tired during the day. And then I'm like a fucking cat running laps at night. I'm like, I can't sleep. <laughs> my brain's going so fast. Yeah, totally get that. Well, Olivia, what is your beach episode? Beach episode, I it's a tough call. I've got I've got two options. Um, and I will lay them both you. out. We'll yeah. do two this time. Okay, great. I um I got to go wakeboarding with my roommate, and I've just recently gotten into wakeboarding. That shit fucking rules. It is so fun. And I found a wakeboarding cable park here in Houston, and my roommate went with me, and she face-planted a bajillion times, but, like, she was such a trooper, and, like, we got in and out afterwards. It was just a really nice evening, and she, like, came and, like, came to do this thing that I really love with me, and it made me feel special. And then I also get to see my mom later this week. Love you. Yeah, I love that bitch. (laughs) Dina! Dina! Love you! Shout out! Woo! No, that's awesome. What exciting. about you guys? What about y'all? Uh, Neb, do you want to go first? I don't know. Oh, sure. I was going to let so, you swap it up a little bit. Swap it up. I was trying to say swap and switch, and it came yeah. out swip. Yeah, I heard you. Swip, swip, swip it up. Swip. Um, 
my mom and I went to visit some family over the weekend that lives out in East Oklahoma and they have like 24 acres of land or something. And my uncle built this cabin in his sixties by himself that he and his wife have retired to now. And he, uh, is like, he looks like Abraham Lincoln. He carries a a fake ID in his wallet that says he's Abraham Lincoln to show his great grandkids. And he's super into like nature and um all the weird parts of it like their whole house is full of taxidermied animals that he's hunted and like because they try to live off the land as much as they can and a few when i visited them last i was like hey you've got a bunch of cool skulls i would love one of your skulls that you get if you don't want it anymore he's like yeah cool and so then my mom got a text a few months ago and was like hey i have a hog head for tell her that next time she visits she gets a hog head so i got my fucking hog skull (laughs) I'm very excited about my hog head. You damn Oklahomans. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Beach episode indeed. I I love bones. And I love that my uncle also loves bones and was like, she's going to love this bone. What about your other cool find you got? Oh, yeah. So when I went to go put the the hog head in my mom's car over the weekend on their veranda, their like giant wraparound porch, there was this bug that was laying down and I'm like, oh no, what's with the bug? What's the bug doing? And I love moths and it was a hummingbird moth completely intact, unfortunately dead, but good news for me because I took that sucker home and now I'm going to see if I can pin him and put him in a frame. Yeah, baby, shadow box Cindy. That's incredible. (laughs) That's super cool. So yeah, that's... I, I love moths. They're they're so funky. They have such unique designs. This will be my first moth to my pinned collection. Because I have a couple pinned butterflies, but not moths. So congratulations. Thank you. Find um part four. My beach episode is that I cannot give myself any breaks whatsoever. And I've already started my next two cosplay projects that I have to work on. Technically three, but one of them is already done. I just have to order the tattoos for my back. Um, because I have a month until Fanex. I've already gotten my swatches for my Odin and Kinemon cosplay. Those came in today and I picked the colors. So now I just have to start my mock-up. So I'm very excited that I'm already back to crafting because if I'm not, I feel like I will rot and die. So I just like crafting. It's fun. I'm excited to make some pretty big costumes. I originally wanted to compete in this one because I'm using silk and I'm having to French seam the whole thing and make it look fancy and cool. But I just don't have time to compete. And honestly, competing can be kind of a wash when you spend so long like a really, really incredible costume and no one else likes it. So it's like, I'm not doing that anymore. We're just going to do what I want and call it good. Make it for you. Yeah, so we're doing that. And my friend is 3D printing my swords for me. Um, I got the pieces for Kinemon swords because it's just two identical blades. Um, I'm going to use a little bit of like automotive vinyl on those so that they're all shiny. Very cool. Mm. I'm very excited to have a bunch of swords to display around my house because they're plastic. So, you know, what else would I do? With Hell them? yeah. But that's that's awesome. I can't wait to see those photos. Those are going to be cool. Thanks. I have a month to finish. Um, And then I have another, technically for the same day, I bought the costume, but I'm going to alter it very heavily, which is sad because they did not send me my wig with it. Um, but we're doing that with two other friends of mine. We planned this really intense, like, studio shoot because what we're cosplaying from is, like, very cutesy but also very edgy at the same time. So we're gonna basically, like, use this cute pink background and, like, put up anime figures and stuff and then we're gonna, like, over time mess it up. So I'm very excited for that. Lots of stuff going on, lots of 
lots of stuff. And then I also planned a 10-person persona shoot that's happening in two weeks, so. Yay! <laughs> I don't see. Olivia, for context, she just made a wig that took her 15 hours because there were prongs coming out of the side and the top that she made from scratch. And, of course, and now she's like, all right, here's all my other... Oh my I have to make a big disc for my head. Please, I gotta make like a big Good disc and that's do all good. of that, and that's gonna be How fun. many costumes have you finished this year so far? Is it in the 40s now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There's too many. I actually have genuinely lost count. Um, Commission-wise, oh I've only made... <laughs> Why would you ask me okay, that? Now, I really don't know. I'm pretty sure it's in 30s or 40s, though. That's incredible. Thank you. That's amazing, I'm, on, I'm on some degree of drugs. I don't know. Yeah, best of luck. I, I want some of those drugs, man. That's incredible. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little weed. It's okay. Um, But yeah, I'm just, I'm making a lot of stuff. It's, I'm making a lot of stuff. It's very fun. I'm very proud of it. It wears me down to the bone sometimes, but when I get to see the finished product, it's fucking incredible every time. Um, I have really, really good photographers and suppliers for things, and I have good people in my system, so if I need 3D prints, I have someone who will always be there to help me out with it, just because we're friends, that's what we do. Um, and it's just really oh, yeah. nice to have support systems in my cosplay field that make it so I can be productive. Because, damn, so, am I productive. That's incredible, man. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. It's my well, pleasure. Olivia... Thank you so much for joining us. I feel like we just chatted and talked and hung out for two hours. It didn't hours even feel like we were podcasting. We were just It chilling. didn't even feel like we were podcasting. You're just so easy to yeah, talk to. Well, you guys are easy to talk to as well. Thank you for having me. This was such a delight. Do you have um, anything you'd like to plug? Any projects you can talk about that are coming out or any social media uh, that you want to give out links to? Absolutely. Um, Oshinoko is out right now on High Dive. I'm very, very excited about that show. And Vinland Saga, whoa, whoa, whoa. Vinland Saga Season 2 just came out on Netflix. And I'm very excited about that show as well. My character, who I thought was going to be left behind, made a comeback. Yeah, let's go! Um, and you can follow me on Instagram at olivia.switzy. So, until next time, my friends. Hold quick. Hey. I had to make Nebula plug herself just because we got oh. this all in one take. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nebula underscore Inky. And Parker, where can they find oh. you? Well, you can find me at Crown Guard Cosplay on Instagram, Little Light Bee on Twitter. You can find our podcast at Fandames, or fuck, it's patreon.com slash fandamespod. And we're Fandames Pod on Twitter and Instagram. God damn it. We You did it. You made we it. We did it. We did it's it. It's Tuesday. We it's did Tuesday. It. Fuck is it Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for recording with us. Bye everyone else. Bye. Bye bye.